Well, first of all, I want to ask the girls, how are you? Wait, 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 wait. What did we learn? How are you? I'm so blessed. We don't know what to do with ourselves. Amen. We learned that this weekend. Kathy taught it to us. I just want to just say that you guys, may, a lot of you know Kathy, but we just were so blessed this weekend with her ministry. And you guys are in for a real treat. So I just want to invite Kathy Walters up to minister. <laughs> Here, take that. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Another church or another area? Oh, a lot of people. Okay. Well, I have some news for you guys. There's some angels coming tonight that will be going home with you. (laughs) 
because <laughs> pray over it. Because in the meetings when um, there's been a lot of people from other places, lots of angels have been coming into the meeting and then going home with people. Because, uh, you know, the move of the Spirit that's quickly on its way, there's gonna, there was a lot more, thousands and thousands, <laughs> it's hard to talk, <laughs> thousands, and thousands of angels that were released for the move of the Spirit. And um, the neat thing is that these angels haven't been in the earth before. They haven't been in the earth before. And um, so it seems like the first thing they do is play with people. (laughs) And I think, you know, it's because (laughs) it's really strange sometimes what they do, but, you know, they haven't had that, like, interaction in a way, you know what I mean? So, but they've been coming and going home because as the ministries, the Holy Ghost ministries are increasing, so the angelic activity increases in your ministry. So, um, (laughs) you should have fun in the car going home, okay? And uh, when I was in New Zealand a while ago, in this conference, all these angels came into the meeting and started taking people on chariot rides. And I was like preaching to the wall. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) no, don't go yet. (laughs) And another thing that's going to happen tonight is the angel of change is coming. And, um, the angel of change um, he, he, would, he visited he, he visited before but about five months ago he showed up and hasn't left and so he shows up various places and guess what you, you have to be ready for change there's two things you can do with change you can embrace change and have fun or you can resist change and how many people know that can be hard? <laughs> because, because no, what's that? Because no one can make you as uncomfortable as the comforter. <laughs> I can see something out the corner of my eye. What is it? Um, the good news is that when people think of change, some people tend to think of some kind of like trial or um, I don't know what people think, but they think some kind of challenge. Of course, there's a challenge, but it can be a fun challenge. You know, if you're in the anointing, is that right? Angels do come and anoint you for change, by the way. I can see this gold out of the corner of my eye. It must be on my eyelash. Yeah, but it's on my eyelash or something. Okay, so um, the good news is that part of the change, or a lot of the change, is God's releasing people from their religious mindsets. And guess what that means? That means means you get lighter, happier, 
<laughs> more joyful, more victorious, more. And I hate to tell you, but you have to prosper. Sorry. <laughs> I told the ladies that, uh, you know, some people like that little poverty spirit. They keep it like a pet. Bring it to church every Sunday, you know. Come on, Rover. She's our seat. Oh, there's someone sitting in it. Bite them. Uh, because, you know, there's a tremendous releasing coming and there's things to do and places to go for everybody. I don't think anyone's just going to be sitting still because in the spirit realm, you know, God can just soon tell you to go to Charlotte as he can to Athens, Greece, I mean, or Ireland or Wales or Africa because there's no time or distance in the spirit, understand? So... I asked the ladies, I was quite shocked actually, how many of you here don't have a passport? Come on. on. Okay. You need a spanking. (laughs) And I'm telling you, you better get a passport. Because it takes a while now and there's such a lot of suddenlies. There's a lot of suddenlies happening and you better be ready. And you better be leaning on the door because things are going to open for a lot of people suddenly. So, you have to be ready. You know, the move of the Spirit gets stronger. You're going to see some things that um, might make you freak out a bit. I was telling telling the ladies that, um, like in one of the revivals that I wrote about, the intercessors would leave their body for a week. So you guys better learn to make sandwiches, okay? (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't know what you're going to do when that kind of thing is happening again fairly normally. I I teach... (laughs) I teach people to say (laughs) whatever (laughs) you know you have to have that kind of spirit that can say that whatever because (laughs) if you if you don't you know you become so rigid and so set in your ways and uh, it's really hard to talk (laughs) don't pray over the water's drunk So, although I said some things at the women's retreat, <laughs> sorry, women's retreat, <laughs> um, I have to go for a few things again. <laughs> sorry. It's really hard because it's like wavy up here, isn't it? It's like wave, you know, like whoa, whoa. And uh, when I feel those waves like that, what that is is God's invitation to have a spirit of abandonment to the purposes of God. Because um, in the 5th century in Ireland, some of the Irish fathers of the faith, you know, they would get in a little boat off the shores of Ireland and the boat would have no oars 
or no rudder and they just trusted the wind, God to send the winds to take them where they were supposed to go. I would say that was a spirit of abandonment. So when I feel the waves, I know what that is. It's like a peregrini spirit. They were called the peregrini. And I said, that's an invitation for you tonight to have that spirit of abandonment to the purposes of God, which really is saying, whatever. And, uh, but if you say it, you better watch out because God will take you up on it. And uh, we're going to do some things tonight. And if you join in and do them, you are making a commitment. You are making a commitment to whatever. So, you know, when I make an invitation, don't do it unless you mean it. Because I promise you, you will get opportunities for change. (laughs) But you get to let go of some heavy stuff. (laughs) And I'm going to, although the ladies kind of heard this, I have to go over it again a little bit because... Otherwise, you know, the guys don't know what we're talking about. But there's some mindsets that God is releasing people from all over. They're very subtle, and I'm going to go over them quickly because we have to get rid of them tonight too. And they're mindsets that are in the church. Um, Probably 90% of the church, I think. Um, My background, I was... Um, when I was saved I was in a church for 10 years where I had very deep theological teaching my pastor was probably the greatest expository preacher in the world so I had all this doctrine and theology up to here because I couldn't live in it because it was up it was here I couldn't live in anything so I ran away to Australia backslid really bad, got engaged to someone in the mafia. And, uh, but a couple, and I was quite happy in a worldly sense, you know what I mean? Not everyone that's not saved is in the gutter and on drugs. So I was having a kind of a good life in a worldly sense. I had this God consciousness, but I would push it away. But after a couple of years, the anointing fell on me. And... Uh, because I'd never heard of the anointing I didn't know what that was just the presence of God fell on me really strong I heard all these angels singing an old English hymn and um, I came back to the Lord that day and the presence of God was on me so strong this anointing was on me so strong that everyone I spoke to got saved it almost didn't matter what I said I could have said bar bar black sheep because whatever it was on me that people just wanted it and that's what God wants to do see so guess what that means you have to have living good news because God is a good God and your inheritance is the spirit of good news and whether you like it or not you're God's advertisement those people out there see you you're it so if you've got the joy tell your face about it I told the ladies that, you know, where we live in Macon, I'm sure where you live, you have had one of these people at one time or another, but we have the little guy downtown, you know, with the tracks. (laughs) That walks around saying, abundant life, abundant life, abundant life. 
You've got this life, yes. <laughs> well, if you've got it, you can keep it. <laughs> so I've got enough problems of my own. So you're God's advertisement, you know, whether you like it or not. So you better get something good. You better get something good. Is that right? You're, you're it. You're the advertisement. And, uh, you know, God's lifting heavy stuff off of people, old religious mindsets, because, you know, I'm sure you've been in places where people pray, oh, send the glory, send the glory, or else they sing send the glory. And guess what? God already sends his glory. Jesus already gave his glory to the church because it says from glory to glory not from yuck to a little bit of glory and then if you qualify you can get a bit more no, we, you birthed in the glory actually but what happens is it gets covered up by religious stuff because if you've ever been in any kind of move of the spirit you will always see there's like a move of deliverance and, and uh, when people get delivered what happens? they begin to shine a little bit don't they? and then you go on and there's usually another wave of deliverance and people begin to shine a little more. See, what's already there begins to show through. Understand? So we spend a lot of time asking God to do things he's already done, actually. You know? And, uh, you know, I love the songs that you sing here. Because still there's a lot of places that sing nice songs. I mean, they sound nice songs, but when you listen to the words, they're what I call begging, pleading songs. You know, oh God, help us. Oh God, deliver us. Oh God, heal us. When he's already done all those things. And, uh, you know, he wants us to live in his life. Is that right? See, still most people are saying, well, Jesus died for our sins. He didn't actually. He crucified the old man. He crucified the old man. So that by faith you can live in the new man who's already created in righteousness and holiness. Isn't that awesome? See, most churches really are still getting people to change the old man. Well, guess what? It can't be done. It's not improvable. It's not changeable. It's not wash and brush her upable. There's nothing you can do with it. So Jesus crucified it. That's called salvation. So stop struggling with it and trying to Fix it, because it's not going to be fixed. That's actually good news. You know, you're looking at me, I discovered there's a North Carolina look. <laughs> Creating me a clean heart. I hope you don't sing that. Because he already gave you a new heart. And a new spirit he put within you. See, he took that old man and crucified it. Go read Romans 6. So by faith you walk in the new man. And you do that by faith. See, we, we don't seem to get it. It's the hardest thing for pe- Christians to get is that they can't earn anything. Because the biggest religious spirit in the body of Christ is what I call a qualifying spirit. And how that works is this, but I'm going to back up a minute. Um, because I just want you to know that I believe the realm of the spirit, the supernatural realm, the angels, heavenly visitations, the chariots of God and all that good stuff is supposed to be normal. 
is supposed to be a normal part of your life. Say normal. normal. For, me. For me. I have a little exercise that we've been doing. You know, and I like to do things that help people to remember stuff. Lift up your Bible. Hope you've got your Bible. You should always come to church with your Bible in your checkbook. <laughs> That's true. Say devil. devil. See this? See this. Mine! Mine, mine, mine! <laughs> Turn to your neighbour and say honey. honey. See this? Because there's nothing in here that you can't have. The Holy Spirit, listen up, the Holy Spirit came to get it out of the book. The Holy Spirit came to get it out of the book. Because if it stays in the book, what is that? That is wonderful interesting information isn't it it's wonderful but it's just information if it stays in the book so if you all if what you have is head knowledge all you can do is pass on some information so you have to let the Holy Spirit get hold of all this and put it in your life so that it's normal Chariots have been coming all the me- in all the meetings now. You can get to go in them. The visitations of God, the angels, around you all the time. And it's got to be normal, folks. And this is how the qualifying spirit works. See, when I talk about salvation, everyone knows they're saved by faith. Is that right? But when I talk about these other things, the chariots, the visitations, the angels... People tend to think that's for him and her because they're more spiritual than me. It manifests as a feeling. That's the problem. It's nothing that's really taught, but it's often implied. Isn't it? Stay with me. It's implied. But think about this. If at the back of your mind you feel in any way that you have to qualify, you will never receive your inheritance. You'll just get bits of it. You just get a touch from God. And those days are over. You know, people meet me at the airport sometimes. They say, we're so glad you're here because we need a touch from God. But you know what? That's over. You don't want to live there. Getting a touch from God. I mean, it's wonderful to have a touch from God, don't get me wrong. But that's not where God wants you to live. He wants you to learn to live in the glory. Do you know what the biggest problem is? It's that it's easy. And that's the biggest problem. Because everybody wants to do something. I mean, people would find it easier if I gave them ten steps. Or a book. To work at it, you know. rather than just believe. Understand? But see, Jesus qualified you 100% on that cross. Do you think he did? Maybe 99.5%. 100%! 
So how then later on can you unqualify from something you never qualified for? I mean, think about that. How can you unqualify from something you never qualified for? So that's a lie, isn't it? Right there. So, and every wrong mindset you have is a weight. Every wrong mindset you have, every religious mindset you have is a weight on you that keeps you that much out of the glory realm. <laughs> I think we need to get rid of that spirit because I can feel it in here really strong. <laughs> the devil's very subtle, isn't he? You know, God's looking for people that are spirit led. I said, you know, I said it to the ladies that. You know, I go into a lot of places and it feels like there's a nail in my foot, nailing my foot to the floor. That's a religious spirit. That doesn't mean you're not doing anything because you could do this. <laughs> you can do it really fast. <laughs> you can have a very fancy way to do it. <laughs> you can wear a frilly dress and whatever, you know. But... You can be very busy doing good things and miss the God thing. Can't you? How many of you have done that? I've done that myself. You can be busy doing the good things and you miss the God thing. You miss the anointing totally. And the devil's very happy. Because guess what? He could care less how many times you come to church. By the way, coming to church is not doing the will of God. You come to church to learn how to do the will of God. So the devil could care less if you, you can go to 25 Bible studies and 15 prayer meetings every week. Keep you busy out the way. As long as you don't get in the anointing. Because it's only the anointing that affects God's kingdom. And it's only the anointing that affects the devil's kingdom. You can go to a prayer meeting. It doesn't mean, meeting doesn't mean it's automatically anointed. How many of you have been to unanointed prayer meetings? Boring. <laughs> and <laughs> it's true. You know, people, I don't know what they pray. They pray to the ceiling and pray out of their head. So the qualifying spirit, can you identify with that? You don't have to qualify. But it comes over and over and over in so many things. Say this after me. See, I like people to remember stuff. Say the realm of the spirit, the, spirit. the supernatural realm, the, supernatural the, realm. Angels. the angels, heavenly visitations, heavenly the chariots of God, my inheritance. It's normal. For me, yes. It's normal. See, you have to believe that, though. You have to believe that everything you receive in the spirit realm is by faith. There is nothing you can do to qualify. Yeah. 
Another big old religious spirit that we dealt with up at the retreat. <laughs> there, somewhere. <laughs> I keep telling people, you know, the Holy Spirit likes the Hilton just as well. <laughs> but I understand some of you like rustic. Some people they think they're more spiritual if they hike five miles up a hill, you know, to... Well, they get up at four. <laughs> How many people have you heard that say, I got up at four every morning? Well, so what? I'm not saying God doesn't, you know, tell you to get up for a few days or something, but I mean, you're not going to get any brownie points, okay? <laughs> I mean, God hasn't got a book up there, you know, where they got up at four, check, they went without two meals, check, they, you know. We are very religious people, believe me. went like strawberries. <laughs> um, okay, so... <laughs> um, okay, so another one. Let's just get rid of a few of these things, okay? You want to just let go of that one, okay? <laughs> it's gone off of you, but it's still in the room. The next one is what I call a spirit of false responsibility. And this one is very subtle also because it makes people feel responsible for things and people they can do nothing about. So your responsibility is to offer what he gives you and that's it. You can't change anyone. You can't make anyone do anything. You're just the mailman. You just do what he says. Like Arthur says, you do what he tells you to do, you go where he tells you to go, you say what he tells you to say, that's it. But see, we've been taught in the church to be need-orientated. Right? You see a need and you run. But you see, God, guess what? God might not want to use you. You ever thought about that? <laughs> You might want to use that lady over there. Might want to, not want to use anybody. Might want to use himself. But I guarantee you, most people in this room, if you heard of a need tonight, you'd go. Like Lazarus, remember? When they came and told Jesus Lazarus was dying. Well, you or I, we would have got on the nearest plane or train or car or motorcycle or whatever wouldn't we? Because we've been kind of taught that way. But Jesus didn't. He hung around for two days. Well, I thought he was supposed to be his friend. They must have said that. Mustn't they? But when the father told him to go, he went. 
And what's the first thing he heard when he got there? If you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened and my brother wouldn't have died. But he didn't respond to that either. See, nobody really understood where he was coming from. I'm the resurrection and the life. Well, I know in the last day we were going to rise again. See, when they took him to the tomb, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he hadn't said Lazarus, everyone would have got up. You see, listen to me. If you can get this, it'll set you so free. Jesus never ministered to need. And you're not supposed to either. You do not minister to need. You minister to the Father. Jesus ministered to the Father. As a byproduct, many needs were met. Understand? If you stay in the Spirit and you're Spirit-led and you do what the Father tells you to do and go where he tells you to go and say what he tells you to say, as a byproduct, many needs will be met and you won't even be trying. Because the anointing will be there doing all kinds of stuff around you. You're looking at me with that look again. (laughs) This is true, I'm telling you the truth. You want to stay with all your stuff, stay there. I'm not going to drag you out. But I'm telling you what, if you want to live in the glory, you've got to get rid of some of this stuff. Women pray their heart out and then try and fix it. True? (laughs) Women are the greatest fixers in the universe outside of God. (laughs) So force responsibility, you want to shake that off? See, it's very tempting sometimes when there's pressure on you to do something. But you know what? If you don't have any anointing to do it and God's not telling you to do it, there's really no point. It's like putting a band-aid on someone with AIDS. Oh, let's fry another cow while we're at it. (laughs) Jesus never sympathised with people either. Did you ever notice Jesus walking around, you know, saying, oh, you, oh, poor thing, oh, what a shame. Because sympathy never helped anyone yet. Just made them feel better where they were. Jesus spoke the truth and he got people set free and delivered. I've seen people spending hours ministering to spirits of self-pity. And it got, the thing got stronger by the minute. <laughs> I want to say something to the men, because the men are looking at me really weird. <laughs> so I want to say something to encourage you, guys, okay? 
I can smell honey. Can you smell honey? When I came in, I smelled honey. And I told the ladies, I always wait for the honey angel to show up because he's the spirit of revelation. And there's no point in doing anything unless he's here. Because I just give you some more information which you don't need. Because, you know, the information you got already take you 500 years to work it out. (laughs) All your head knowledge, understand? But the honey, when the honey angel came to my house, he sat in my bed, gave me honey. And uh, I didn't understand it first. I thought, honey, there's some scriptures about honey. His word is like honey. And, but that wasn't it, you know, when I looked it up. But he's still standing there. So I said, what's this with the honey? And he said, have you never read about Jonathan? When Jonathan ate the honey, his eyes were enlightened. So I said, okay, got it. This anointing came on me for two and a half hours. I was lifted up in the spirit realm. Saw the call of God come back to Wales and Ireland. People in the ministry were in my room. They weren't really in my room, but there's no time or distance in the spirit realm. In case you're wondering the difference between a vision and an open vision, a vision is like God shows you a picture to tell you something, but an open vision, you're in the spirit realm and there's no time or distance in the spirit realm. So that's why it seemed like people were in my room. And the Lord gave me a word for a lot of different ministries. But when that lifted off me, the Lord said to me, I'm going to start to drop the honey on the body. Now this was several years ago. So when, when I begin to pray and stuff, I love it when I smell the honey come on the men. You see, because men usually have that reason thing. Is that right, guys? But when men get revelation, they usually do something with it. Women go, whoo! <laughs> so, guys, you can smile. God loves you. And the spirit of revelation is for you, so stop dissecting everything. <laughs> See, when men get really get revelation, they'll immediately start to walk towards doing something. Usually, is that right? Is that right? I've got a husband, you know, so I know how he works. And women do huh, ten of those. <laughs> and then they kind of do something. So anyway, forced responsibility, do you get that one? You understand that one? That's a religious spirit, very strong in the church. And it keeps you out of the, out of the anointing. So it makes you, see, it makes you try and meet everybody's need. And you can't. And you're not called to, you're not supposed to, God never asked you to. Do you know that it's okay when God doesn't use you? I mean, some people can't settle with that. They've got to, they think they've got to be doing something 24-7. But sometimes, you know, you get to have a day off and chill out. Sometimes you get to go to Disney. You can still be in the spirit and have fun, but God doesn't have to use you every minute of every day. Understand? Striving and trying will get, take you out of the anointing so fast. 
because it's the opposite to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not striving, is he? But see, but religious spirits impart striving. You always find people that sit under religious stuff like they're striving all the time. In their mind, like striving. Do you know what I mean? The Holy Spirit is a spirit of rest. He that's entered into his rest has what? Ceased from his own works. That's good works, bad works, and indifferent works. God's not interested in your works. Sorry. God doesn't anoint your works. He anoints his works. The glory of God will never come on what you do. It comes on what he does. So isn't it easier just to get into what he's doing? See, listen, say this after me. It's yielding, yielding. not trying. trying. Don't you think that's easier? You just yield to the anointing, you just yield to the Holy Spirit. He does plenty of stuff and it's not hard. Let me tell you a secret. God is not running around North Carolina tonight trying to recruit workers for the kingdom. Thanks all the same. Don't call us, we'll call you. (laughs) He's not trying to recruit workers. He's looking for his sons and daughters to rise up. Hello? He's looking for his sons and daughters to rise up, that's all. And be who he called you to be. And live where he called you to live. Which is in the glory. And it's not you, it's him. It's not 95% God and 5% you. It's not 99% God and 1% you. It's all God, 100%. You get to do the yielding. You just to be, get to be a channel of the anointing. That force you spirit... <laughs> oh, she's a big old ugly devil. It really is. Because it keeps people weighted down. Because you're going to try and meet everyone's need that comes your way. <laughs> you see, but while you're doing that, you can miss a God appointment. Can't you? You can show that see they got it already. Yeah. <laughs> if you get these things on saying tonight, change your life. It will change your whole concept and set you so free. It really will. Shall I tell them about the false <laughs> the false burden thing in Orlando? Shall I tell them about that? Okay, another religious spirit gets on, how many of you, you know, like be in a prayer meeting or have some kind of intercession? When I say intercession, people think it's not them because they don't get these heavy, you know, things for weeks on end. But how many of you, like, you pray in a prayer meeting or you pray regularly with people? Nobody? That's really hopeful. (laughs) Two people, that's, you've really got hope now. But you see, everyone has some kind of like intercession. All right, some people have it stronger than others, but that's another religious spirit. You see, it's called a, it's false um, 
a false burden that people get under because sometimes they see like a need or something but when we had a church in Orlando years ago I, listen I was birthed in tremendous revival that's where I learned to live in the glory it was very powerful because the glory of God was on everyone there wasn't a front and when you came in it didn't matter where you sat because the person next to you could tell you your name when people called to come to the meeting we'd have to say listen when you come to the meeting there'll be people laying in the street don't take any notice just step over them that's how it was the glory was on everybody see that's what God, God wants to do it's not the platform there's not a few people on the platform God, Jesus deposited his life in you and guess what he's looking for a return the gifts and callings and anointings that God put in you he's looking for a return so you better be somewhere where they're drawing out all your gifting and all your calling and all your anointing because he's looking for it He's looking for a return on his deposit. See, people sitting in meetings like this, they have so much gifts and callings and anointings, they never even glimpsed it yet. Do you understand? You wait till you get really set free. You'll be amazed what's in you. You'll be absolutely flabbergasted. You'll say, I sat there for all those years. So we had this church and, you know, I've been in a lot of moves of the spirit and everything. In case you think I came out of the woodwork last night, by the way, we raised up churches, pastor churches, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, sold the t-shirt, got another t-shirt. So you'd think I'd know better, but I got in with this group of intercessors in Orlando. There was about ten of us. And we started to pray for Orlando every day. Man, we got into this warfare. We were in the battle. It was heavy. I mean, we were like, we were mean, you know. <laughs> You've seen some of those people. You, you know, my friends, before that, they used to go to those intercession conferences. You remember those about 15 years ago? It was the in things, I'd go to these intercession conferences, and they'd come back like this. You know. <laughs> And they'd say, you must come next time. And I'd go, <laughs> but anyway, I got in this group. We were doing this battle for Orlando. People avoided us. They'd see, you know, they'd walk the other way. I said, we were in this battle. And this young guy in our church, the youngest elder, he said to me one day, can I come to you guys' prayer meeting in the morning? I said, okay. Like, what's he want? But you can't say no, can you? You can't say no, you can't come to the prayer meeting. So he came and we got into all this, you know, battle. Then he stood up, he said, I have to go to work now. Could, could I pray for you ladies? So we said, okay. Because you can't say no, can you? So he prayed, he put his hands on all of us and he cast out a spirit of battle. I felt this thing like pop off my forehead. And then he left. We all sat looking at each other. This, this one lady said, what should we do? Because we couldn't think of anything to pray. 
This other lady said, well, we could go to the Polynesian Hotel for a champagne brunch. (laughs) So we did. (laughs) And we quit the prayer meeting. Guess what we find out? There's like 100,000 people praying for Orlando every day. (laughs) But see, that spirit makes you think it's all up to you. You know, Want to fry another cow? Yeah. Is this okay, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I thought if she doesn't care, you wouldn't care. <laughs> Listen, people. My Bible says God looked for a man to stand in the gap. Well, guess what? It ain't you. <laughs> he found one. His name's Jesus. So you get to partake of his intercession. So if you start praying, you get an intercession or whatever, guess what? That anointing comes on you. And you might do some warfare. You might do some declaring. You might speak in tongues. You might roll on the floor. You might dance. You might sing. You might laugh. (laughs) But it lifts. Because it's not you. It's him. And I promise you, you will have much more effect in three days than you can spend three years. Let me tell you something else. That Holy Ghost laughter, sometimes that offends you, is the biggest warfare weapon there is. Because God looks on his enemies and laughed and has them in derision. See, when, you, when that happens, you know, your, your spirit begins to pick up on a victory. That's what that is. That's happened to most of you. You start laughing. You don't know why. But your spirit is picking up on something good that's happening in the spirit realm. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm sure this has happened to you too. You know, you're praying for someone and they're telling you this terrible stuff. I mean, it's awful. And you start laughing. <laughs> and they're looking at you like, you woman, what kind of woman are you? You know? But I say, don't worry about it, honey, because something good is happening in the spirit realm. For you. It's true. That's what that is. Don't quench it out. I told the ladies when I was in New Zealand one time speaking at this conference suddenly in the middle of the conference I was speaking this pastor here falls on the floor just lays on the floor this lady the other side of the room fell on the floor and started hysterically laughing now they were the only two everyone else was just sitting looking at me (laughs) you know and I did think well this is a bit disruptive to me but I didn't feel I should quench it out I just carried on and we ignored them while he sat back up on the seat. She sat back up on her seat after about 20 minutes. He told us afterwards, he, fell on, he felt the anointing, fell on the floor. These angels, two angels came with a chariot and they took him in a chariot to Fiji. And he was inside his friend's church in Fiji. And his friend was preaching. And as the guy was preaching, he saw this huge black thing come at him and then he heard this hysterical laughter and the thing backed off 
And then it came back again. And he heard this laughter. He had no idea she's on the floor over there. Understand? She, he heard that laughter again in the church and it, the thing backed off. He said, it's this huge thing like a bat. Came back a third time. He heard the laughter and then it just left. And then the anointing lifted off her. She, she just got back on her seat. And his friend called him from Fiji the next day and said, Ian, you were in my church. When I, he said, I was preaching, I was having a terrible, terrible battle with this thing that kept coming at me from the witch doctors. He said, but it left finally, so I thought maybe it was something to do with your praying because I sensed your presence. He said, well, I was there. It wasn't me, actually. It was another girl that was laughing. See, sometimes the devil will flee quicker when that laughter anointing comes. The devil's very proudful, by the way. He doesn't like to be laughed at. Where do you want to live? Where do you want to live? Listen, I, I go all around the world, okay? The sharpest people I know in the spirit are the lightest. Yes, they are. The sharpest people are the lightest. That heavy old thing you see, that's not spiritual. That's soulish and religious. And if you want to walk around like that the rest of your life, you're welcome, but I ain't going back there. Because I like the glory of God. And I like Jesus to do stuff rather than me. I think I should tell you this story. I told this to the... I've got honey now. How many of you like signs and wonders? How many of you love signs and wonders? You know, that's a whole bunch of people that didn't put their hand up. So, I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> but... See, because that religious bit said, oh, you shouldn't follow signs and wonders. You know. But you, but you know what? I follow signs and wonders because that's my dad. And if he's doing stuff, I want to be there. I don't want to see. I know it's him. It's wonderful, isn't it? I love the things you don't understand, like the thing you know that I told you, just told you. I love the things you don't understand. You find out afterwards what really happened. I know, you know, you can go to a Holy Ghost meeting, not every single thing you see is God, but what do you want to do? Just, you know, quench out a revival because you weren't sure about something. Whenever you get a move of God, you're always going to have some flaky people, okay? What are you going to do? Just quench out the revival because somebody flaky might show up. If you get in the anointing, you'll be able to deal with it. You know, you, you can... I remember being one of our meetings. It was Tony's church, Tony Nash's church. And in the middle of the meeting, this guy got up, started to spout off this religious stuff, which was totally unanointed. 
you know, the, the leaders didn't feel they had to jump up and do something. They just waited. And this little old lady stood up and said, oh, that reminds me of a song. Do you know this song? <laughs> she started to sing this song. The guy sat down. It was all taken care of. Where no, listen, where no oxen is, the crib is clean. If you have life, you're going to have some little messes. <laughs> the alternative is to have no life. If you don't want anything out of order, go sit in a graveyard. Take your Bible tomorrow morning. <laughs> I promise you nothing will get out of order. <laughs> it says let things be done decently and in order. Well, you know what? You've got to get something done first. <laughs> let it get done, then you can see about, you know... But anyway, God's order. I mean, you've been in meetings with God's order. When God, God's doing ten different things in the room at the same time. That's God's order. He didn't stop to ask you if it's okay. So you love signs and wonders most of you anyway. I feel like it's... How many of you are willing to be a sign and a wonder? I'm going to tell you a story and I'm going to ask you again. That's a good story. I was with my friend in the Midwest. She has a church there named Shirley. After the meeting sometimes, I like to go and have apple pie and ice cream. I said that several times up at the ladies' retreat, but I never did get an apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> got some cookies bananas uh, chocolate <laughs> anyway so after the meeting we went to Denny's or Shoney's or somewhere like that I have this apple pie you see so we had the apple pie then, you know, you go to the front to pay the thing, you know. So she pays the cheque and then she just put her wallet back in her purse and she suddenly got frozen in the spirit. She said, I like this. Has that ever happened to you? You've been frozen in the spirit? If you're not sure, you know, you're looking at me with that North Carolina look again. That the presence of God comes on you very strong. You really can't move. And your spirit just goes, you know, and you're just are frozen can't move, you can't blink your eyes, nothing. So she's standing there like this. Well, she stood there for nearly an hour next to the cash register in this den, as you see. Oh, and by the way, when we were eating, the place got held up. <laughs> Nobody took any notice. It was really weird. They just all carried on eating. I thought, well, just carried on eating as well. <laughs> That's what they do up here, you know. Get held up. <laughs> so 
Anyway, these people came out and they, I mean, you can see it's something like, you can know it's just not a normal, you know. You can tell, even non-Christians can tell it's something like supernatural. So these people said to me, what is she doing? I said, I don't know, I've never seen her before. No, I didn't say that. I said, I don't know, I think she's talking to God or something like that. So they went, you know, they have a little bench there in the front, so they went and sat down there. Then the manager came up to me and he said, can you move her over? (laughs) So I said, no, you move her over. (laughs) Now sometimes, you know, in David's meetings, the little kids, they get frozen in the spirit and they go up to heaven and and talk to the angels and stuff and he sometimes picks them up by the elbows and moves them you know to like to the other side of the room but you can't do that with a grown woman (laughs) so the man he went and got some of those poles you know and he made this pathway (laughs) round so that people could go round her and over here to the cash register you see so yeah I went and sat in the seat too because I couldn't go anywhere this little crowd gathered all watching, waiting. There was about 50, 55 minutes or something. I saw her. What happens when that anointing lifts off? You, you can move just a little bit. It's really like becoming unfrozen. So I saw her you know, hand move a little bit. I went over and stood next to her. And uh, <laughs> she kind of looked at me and she said, What's happening? So I said, Well, you've been gone an hour nearly. She said, oh, I had a vision. Well, now, you know, if that's happened to you, there's n- you have no sense of time at all. It, it seems like a minute or two, but you, it can be hours. I said, we've been gone now. And so she looked, she saw the people all like, you know. <laughs> so she's not a dummy. She loves unsaved people, so she got some words of knowledge went over, ministered to these people, had some words of knowledge, prophesied over a few people, led about four people to the Lord, got a couple of people healed. So listen up, those people sat there, she became a sign that made them sit there for an hour and wonder. (laughs) How many of you went to be a sign? It's not you really, it's your friends. (laughs) It's your friends that have to do the explaining. (laughs) I've been in the Molson, you know, I have a seer anointing. So things happen to me. I've been with my girls in the mall, you know, like my whole right side has gone numb. And I'm like this. my guys, I'd say, Mom, we're going to walk the other side of the mall. We'll meet you at Sears. We're not walking with you. (laughs) I've had people leave the dinner table in a restaurant and go and sit somewhere else. Left me all by myself. (laughs) It's true. People say we're behind you. 
That's what they mean. If anything happens, they're going to be behind you. Yeah. Way behind you. <laughs> okay, it's getting really drunk up here. Okay, so, so the qualifying spirit, you got that one? <laughs> Responsibility, you understood that one? Right. The, the false burdens, false burdens. <laughs> and false yoke. That's where people have been yoked to a thing. A church, a ministry. You're not yoked, sorry, to a church or a ministry. You're not even yoked to your own ministry. You're yoked to him. If you're under the right yoke, if you're under his yoke, you'll be in the right place. Don't worry about it. We get, see, we kind of get concerned about things that really aren't an issue. Sometimes I teach, spend a whole evening talking about angels, because people are really ignorant about angels, really. I say, oh, Bill, you mustn't worship angels. <laughs> but see, listen, God's angels don't let you worship them. <laughs> came in here tonight and wanted us to worship him, I'd think we know he wasn't from God. That doesn't take a great deal of discernment. It's your thick as two blanks. It's an English expression. You yoke to him. And guess what? His yoke is easy and his burden is Ah, now the ladies know something you don't know. Because in the Greek it says his burden is light and delightful. It also says it is not harsh and neither is it heavy. How about that? And you know why it's delightful? Because he puts his desires in your heart. So when you serve the Lord, it's delightful. It's wonderful. Because it's in your heart. If you're serving the Lord tonight and it's not delightful, forget it because it just works. Sorry. You can ditch that with your little poverty spirit, you know. <laughs> Leave Rover outside. Take him to the pound. <laughs> hey, we could start a religious pound. We'll have a religious pound tonight. And you can dump all your stuff there. <laughs> he puts his desires in your heart. One thing I know is that Everyone here has things down in here that God put there. Maybe a long time ago. 
And it's still stuff down there. Because when you think of those things, you think, well, how could I ever do that? But you know what? That's not your problem. Your problem is to move towards it. So take a little time and let those things come to the surface that he's put in there. Because there's a purpose. I told the ladies, see, in Jeremiah... Jeremiah was a teenage prophet, by the way. He wasn't an old man up the mountain, you know. Been seeking God and in the ministry for 50 years. He's a kid. He said, I'm a kid. I can't do nothing. That's what he said. That's my version anyway. But God said to him, what do you see? First thing that he said, what do you see? And he said, I see the rod of an almond tree. And God said, I like that vision. I think I'll do it. You want it in the King James? It says, You have well seen, I'll hasten my word and perform it. But in the Waters version, it says, I like that vision, I think I'll do it. So God did what Jeremiah saw. God did what Jeremiah saw by faith. So if you dump all those things I told you about tonight you get to get in the spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what he sees for you. I'm not talking about your family even or your church or your area. You personally, it has to start with you. What do you see for you? I told the ladies because I love this picture. See, some of you are a bit older, I noticed. (laughs) Do you remember when they had a TV with a tube? Remember that? What happened when the tube used to go? The picture shrunk. Nobody wanted to buy a new tube, so you end up doing this. (laughs) Well, tonight... Most of you see a shrunken picture. I love what my husband says. He says, most Christians aim at nothing and hit it. (laughs) Most Christians aimlessly wander around going to conferences. (laughs) 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 Woo! That hit up something. <laughs> oh, it's getting very wavy. Okay. <laughs> so, we take your time and by faith let this Holy Spirit show you what He sees for Because He sees the whole picture. Guess what? It is so much bigger than you could ever possibly think of in your entire life. That's why it says he's able to do more than you can ever ask or think of because his vision is big. Just imagine in this one room tonight if everybody saw what God sees for them. Man... Imagine that. 
Imagine that. Ooh. Would that be awesome? Well, why don't you see it then? Take a little time. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Get in the spirit, say, by faith. See, because you see by faith. By faith, I'm going to see right now what you show me, and I'm going to believe it. You know why people don't really get in the spirit realm like they should? Should Because they don't believe what they begin to see. You have to believe what you begin to see. People say to me, oh, I saw a light. I say, well, what was it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> if you see a light, in your faith, turn to see what it is. People say, oh, I saw an angel in my church. What did he want? I don't know. We didn't come to decorate the place. <laughs> Find out what he wanted. <laughs> I think people think angels come, you know, to like decorate the church. We're so funny, aren't we? You know, some of these meetings we have, I think, I think God must look down and say, here we go again. (laughs) I was in a church a couple of weeks ago. It was a lovely church, bless their hearts, but they were singing this song, We Need You, We Need You. It went on and on for like 20 minutes. But you know what the Lord said to me? I know already. That's what he said. In the middle of this. <laughs> it's all serious, you know. <laughs> oh, well. Sorry, okay. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Praise God. (laughs) Now, listen, I have four angels, okay, in my ministry. One of them has a glass of wine. He walks around and gives to people. You should drink it, it's good for you. That's God's anaesthetic, by the way. Well, haven't you noticed that? You know, you're rolling around laughing in the spirit, everything rolling around the floor, and you get up and you've got a few things missing. A few religious devils. A few sicknesses. It is, it's God's anaesthetic. Hey, listen. <laughs> In case you forgot anybody, God called you first to enjoy Him. Yeah. 
your first calling is to enjoy God. Because if you don't enjoy him, don't serve him. Because all you'll do is pass on your religion. Hate to tell you no one's interested. Sorry. <laughs> These people got enough problems of their own out there. You know. They'll get in your religion. <laughs> I'm being bad, I know. But I don't care. <laughs> I'm I'm going to lose, I'm leaving. <laughs> Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? I mean, you know, we have to enjoy God. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) He that is entered into his rest has ceased from his own works. That's your religious works and everything. Because God anoints his works. Isn't it great it's not you? him it's all him start to finish he's going to present you faultless not your mom (laughs) not your prayer partner not even your husband sorry because that's Jesus prerogative so you're his trophy he's going to say look dad what I got I love what Arthur says. If God wants all the glory, he has to do all the work. Right? If you do some of the work, you're entitled to some of the glory. Right? How come you're not getting any? Because he... saw him from start to finish. He that begun a good work in you. He's going to perform it. You get to do the yielding, not the trying. We're not working for Jesus tonight, thanks for the saying. <laughs> do you ever, anybody used to sing that song? I used to sing this song in Sunday school. I only went three times and they asked me not to come back. <laughs> so I took all the money out the offering plate. I mean, I thought it was lying there, you know. I thought it was for, they said it was for the needy. <laughs> they said, tell mummy not to send you next week, dear. <laughs> was it very Christian, was it? <laughs> it's like the brownies, they did the same thing. I went two weeks and they said, don't come back, dear. Tell mummy not to send you any more. <laughs> I don't know why. It's because we were supposed to collect leaves and I didn't have any, so I pushed this other little girl in the pond and took her leaves. <laughs> I wasn't a nice little kid. <laughs> anyway... We learned this song when I was in this little Sunday school for three weeks or two weeks. 
I don't know if you ever sang it, it was like, Jesus wants me for a sunbeam. Well, guess what? He doesn't. (laughs) He doesn't want you for a sunbeam. (laughs) Or a worker. (laughs) He's looking for his sons and his daughters to rise up. That's all. And be who he called him to be. And let him do the work. Oh, do this. <laughs> Let all that heavy stuff go. It's nasty. <laughs> okay. Okay. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth. And follow the actually we're not really following him, he's moving through us. That's what the anointing's all about. Moves through you. God's just looking for some vessels. I had some visitations from the Lord. I'll quit in a minute when I finish this story. I have some books out there. This this three books. I call it my basic living in the supernatural set but one of them, a little book is about two visitations I had and uh, I was lifted up into heaven every day for seven days and another time I was lifted up into heaven every day for three and a half weeks and I've had lots of visitations and I've been in the chariots and everything but these were kind of special because in both of these like continual things I'd be taken up every day you know it was really concerning the bride and the church. See, my revelation I got in heaven, not from a man. Because I saw how Jesus interacted with the bride, with the betrothed. One of those days when I was there, I saw this beautiful young girl, and it was me, but it wasn't me, it was everybody understand was all it was you and she was standing there there were three angels standing there and Jesus walked into the room and they the angels begin to sing to her isn't he beautiful beautiful isn't he and so she looked because she was totally awestruck I mean I don't know what to say she totally was Give me a word. <laughs> She's completely enraptured with him because he was so incredibly beautiful and righteous and holy and loving and kind and just and, you know. And she was just overwhelmed. But she began to sing too. Isn't he beautiful? Beautiful, isn't he? And he walked over to her. I saw him, saw his face. And he said, yes, you are. Beautiful. Beautiful, yes, you are. Let me tell you something. He was totally in love with her. Completely. Completely. 
and he thought she was the best thing that ever happened on the face of the earth because you are more beautiful than all of creation because you're bone of his bone he totally is enraptured with you and you know what else I noticed see she just hung around him because she loved him so much he was just so awesome she just hung around him and you know what happened all his attributes fell on her and she became just like she wasn't working at it trying and striving and you know trying to be like Jesus the Holy Spirit is the revelator he's the honey he's the revelator and you know his favourite thing is to reveal Jesus to you that's his favourite thing you take some time he reveals Jesus to you because the idea is you see is that you fall in love with him and out of that Everything else flows. It's amazing. Because it's so easy and that's your problem. That's the hardest thing for you. It's easy. See, people would rather have a list of ten rules. Give me ten things to do. I tell people something because they're so full of striving. And I tell them sometimes, just quit. Stop. Just sit at the feet of Jesus. Whatever you're doing, stop. This lady said to me, how? I said, well, because she's like this. I thought, she's, she's, gonna, she's sick. Because you do this long enough, you'll be sick. I said, I said, just, I said stop. She said, how? I said, well, whatever you're doing, don't do it. She said, do you have a book? <laughs> write a book you'll be a bestseller how to stop <laughs> I bet if I put it on the Elijah list I sell thousands of them <laughs> how to stop so I'm going to pray and we're going to do something now um the angel of change is here. He anoints you for change, by the way. An angel came to my house. The angel of change came to my house one time. And he stood behind my sofa for three and a half weeks. And everyone that sat there, he poured oil over them. People were coming, calling me from around the area. Can we come and sit on your sofa? I said, help yourself. Not my angel. They would come sit on the sofa, he'd pour the oil, they'd fall out the sofa it felt like a river three and a half weeks later he just disappeared and he would like come and go like that but the last time he came he stayed and he just shows up but he usually tells me when he's going to show up he's huge he's huge all those people that came and sat on my sofa the ones I know about in the next couple of months received a major direction changing word for their life but he anointed them for that understand maybe in the morning if you can come tomorrow I'll talk about angels some you understand how the angels minister to you and they minister with you and there's 
Put your hands up if you're from another area. You get angels to go home with you. New ones. They just come when that angel of change comes. And they come from heaven. They don't come from another area and on loan. (laughs) (laughs) So you keep your antenna up. See all the things of the Spirit. It's not a question of God doing something, it's you just tuning in. Do this. (laughs) Wish I had a camera. It's you just keeping your antenna up. That's all it is. And by faith. Say this one more time with me. The realm of the spirit. The The supernatural realm. realm. The angels. angels. Heavenly visitations. visitations. The chariots of God. God. And all that good stuff. stuff. My inheritance. This lady said to me, oh, you know, mine, mine, it sounds very selfish. I said, listen, honey, you can't give what you don't have. So you better get something good for yourself. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to pray against those spirits. I want you to let them go. You want to let them go? You want to keep them? Sometimes... Sometimes when I prayed against those things, we smelled this smell like disinfectant. I said, it's a, it's a sheep dip. <laughs> it is. When you do something else like that, you're going to be go, also going through a sheep dip. Because those spirits, they're like fleas. Aren't they? Okay. I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to take an offering. Praise God. Say, I'm so happy. To invest. That's right. And then with this, I'm going to tell you now what we're going to do. Okay, so that you know. After I prayed, after I've done this offering, we're going to. I'm going to get all you guys to empty your pockets of all your change. And we're going to put it all across the front. You ladies, I'm going to play my wild rugby ground music. (laughs) And we're going to get to dance through chains. But (laughs) when you do that, don't do it unless you're serious. Because I promise you, you will have opportunities for change and some of them can be a little challenging. But your faith, see you don't, your faith doesn't grow unless there's a little bit of a challenge, right? Otherwise you you just stay in your comfort zone. When prophetic people come round, do you know that's always to move you to the next thing that God has for you? That's always to move you to the next thing. So like I said, when we do this in a minute, don't do it unless you mean it, because I promise you, you'll get, you'll get some opportunities. They might stretch you a little bit. Okay. 
I want you to close your eyes, just get your attention on Jesus and off of me. When I pray, I just want you to take a breath and let stuff go. Unless you want to keep it. I'm going to pray against the poverty spirit too. Because Christians are so religious when it's talking about money. Hey, listen people, you have things to do and places to go and you, you need to prosper. You're supposed to be a source for people. You've got to be a channel. I said to the ladies, isn't it funny, I can come up here and I can say cheese, apples, tables, dogs. And nobody minds. But if I say money... Money is just a commodity, okay? (laughs) That lady mentioned money in church. (laughs) Money, 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 money. (laughs) Sorry. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over those religious spirits that sit on people and they're a weight. I come against that qualifying spirit. You are such a liar. You are such a liar. And I bind that lie that's gone into people's ears and sits on the back of their mind. And I command it to come out right now in Jesus' name. Get off the back of the mind. Shake it off. Shake your head or something. Get it off. It sits right here. No, we say no, you lying devil. <laughs> I just come against that spirit of false responsibility. That sits at the top of your back. And I break its power to motivate people and make them minister to need. And I break that off. And thank you, Lord, you're looking for spirit-led people. And I break that spirit that pushes people into doing something that's not anointed. I break it off. I come out to go. Shake it off. I come against false burdens that have gotten on people and I break that off thank you we acknowledge that you're the intercessor Lord you're the one we can get under your intercession and it's awesome I break false yokes where people have been yoked to things to building programs and this and that and I break that false yoke and thank you Lord we're yoked to you your yoke is easy your burden's light and delightful Say devil. Devil. Ha ha. Ha. You're going to be so sorry. sorry. You mess with me. You mess with me. Okay. I just. Okay. 
I take authority over Rover. <laughs> we forbid Rover to come to church anymore. <laughs> I break that power of that poverty spirit over people's minds, over their finances, over their checkbooks, over their bank accounts. Thank you, Lord. I break the power of that. It's just a religious devil. It's a religious devil. I come against the spirit of need and debt and owing in Jesus' name. Father, I just ask you to clear people's credit cards for them. He paid your etern- for your eternal debt. Just don't do it again, okay? <laughs> Got it? <laughs> Say, Rover, go to the pound. <laughs> going to be here in the morning. You ought to come to the early service too because my husband's going to preach. Wave. He gets all the kids under the anointing. And they go to heaven and talk to the angels and learn to play instruments with the angels and all that stuff. You can go too. Okay. Oh, the offering. Okay. I forget. Oh, I forget. It's not an offering. Okay, it's not an offering. Don't like offerings. It's an investment. Those ladies really got that. It's an investment. You know what? Don't give offerings. You give offerings to the poor. But when it comes to kingdom things, you invest. So, Father, I just pray that you will speak to your people to show them what you want to invest, then to invest in my ministry tonight. Thank you, Lord, your sheep hear your voice. It's that simple. If you haven't got your checkbook, turn to your neighbour and say, can I borrow your checkbook? <laughs> Rodney says that, I like it. If you want to, you can put something on a card. If you really want to get into faith, give me your credit card. Do it myself. <laughs> we take diamonds, houses, boats, yachts. Fur coats. <laughs> I have an anointing for fur coats. I, don't, I live in Georgia. Oh, sorry, sorry. Make a check out to River Life Fellowship. Um, when you leave tonight, check out my book table because I have some really neat stuff. I have... Um, I haven't got a lot of these left, but it's what I've been talking tonight, but a little bit more detailed, Living in the Supernatural. Talks about those spirits, 
that I talked about, but a bit more at length. How many of you have been in a move of this, uh, a church or a ministry where there's a move of the Spirit and it got aborted? There's two CDs on the spirit of abortion, how that comes into a church, and it hangs around if you don't get rid of it, and it'll abort other things, finances and ministry things. There's some CDs on the seer anointing. That's what I have, if you are interested in that. There's a bunch of stuff out there that's really good. You know, the angels read my books. I've seen them. And Bright and Shining Revival is about the Hebrides Revival. The Hebrides Revival, by the way, whole towns were saved. The presence of God chased people. The presence of God chased people and people packed up and left the islands because they said if we stayed, God would get us. Was that real? So that's how that revival came. They got into faith. Received it. Hey ladies, got a really good book here. Ten Lies the Church Tells Women. Unfortunately, it's true. Oh, it's gone quiet, hasn't it? (laughs) The Salvation Army was started when women, teenage girls, went two by two to the towns, preached the gospel. Now, I need you to. I need your change because I need. It needs to go all across the front. Yeah, please. Um, need to get you guys. I need your change, and ladies, get your loose change, and put it all across the front. Yeah, now. You know what? Don't throw it because it hurts. <laughs> I just put this out the way. There's none up, there's hardly any up here. Oh, yes, there is. No, please. Don't sit there, honey, because you'll get trodden on. That's good. It's raining money. And we can leave this here till tomorrow. Now, listen. If you can remember which is yours, you can get it back. If not, it will go in my kids' mission jar. So this is what we're going to have to do. I just want to give you a little instruction. You are not allowed to stroll. You are not allowed to meander. You have to dance through change. And, like I said, don't do it unless you mean business, because although this is fun... It is not only fun. Something will happen. So you're going to have to go down over there, understand, get up and go and come over here. Now, people do get a little drunk, so I need some guys here. You, 
one and three, and like nice and loud. Uh oh. Go back a bit.
for to carry me Woo! 